So today I wanted to continue with the first uh, Satipatthana, first establishment of mindfulness. We already spoke about the um, body parts, which is uh, you know, the anatomical parts, skin, flesh and bones. And that's like one of those three contemplations under the first uh, establishment of mindfulness. And uh, the second one is the elements, earth, water, fire and air, or wind rather, and then sometimes also space and consciousness. And then the third one is uh, contemplating mortality, either by visualizing a corpse in different stages of decay, you know, as a fresh freshly dyed corpse and then going through stages going back into the earth and or that um, contemplation of mortality can also just simply be you know with the in-breath and with the out-breath contemplating this could be my last breath so those three contemplations are you know dealing with our somatic experience of you know what it means you know to be or to have a body and uh, the anatomical parts which we already did this afternoon you know bring home the asuba side of the body the side of the body which isn't so beautiful and helps us you know to come into balance and you know see the Dukkha side of the body a bit more clearly and through that, you know, uh, leading to non-attachment, hopefully. That's the, you know, that's the um, crux of that exercise. And then the second one about the elements is teaching us about the interconnectedness of the body with the planet and through the planet with the whole universe we can say that there's a constant exchange happening and that we are not really separate these bodies are actually pieces of planet you could say or like your know, sacred land it's a piece of uh, planet and it consists of the very same elements as everything else on that planet the trees and the cars the houses and the animals everything consists of those elements and when we are looking at the body in the different stages of decay, we can also see it goes back into the planet and it has come out of the planet. And it's just like something which is hard to capture with words. But through doing these exercises, through doing these practices, we understand on a somatic level, we understand on a different level. We don't need to go through the dualistic mind in order to get an intuitive understanding of the of that which is really hard to put into words we could call it emptiness maybe not self anatta but also the the mystery of it the the wonder of it it's just like really amazing and also gives us a, like a sense of enrichment because we are 
somehow experiencing we are not we are not alone, we are not separate, we are belonging to something much bigger than ourselves. And that sense of enrichment also supports letting go. So that's the three exercises in the first Satipatthana. And they show us, you know, that the incredible vulnerability, what it means, you know, to have or to be a human body. And... Uh, and through, you know, repeating these practices again and again, that hopefully, you know, that vulnerability becomes adaptability. Through really, you know, opening up to this vulnerability, which in the beginning, you know, may be like scary and disconcerting and uncomfortable and all the rest of it. But through just staying with it and working with, that relationship to that vulnerability, it it can become, you know, this if this vulnerability, if it's really fully allowed, it becomes invulnerability somehow. Because it it it, the fruition of it would be a letting go. Um, non attachment, non grasping which is the opposite of suffering, as we all know. And that, you know, that pressure of the discomfort and the uncertainty, it's totally necessary for that transformation to take place. So to be able to tolerate that, you know, in small doses in the beginning and then also to do it as a collective, to do it as a sangha is the recipe really, you know, for being really cooked in those insights, being cooked softer and softer and, you know, that those those boundaries and all of that starts to kind of disintegrate. And doing that, you know, as a community is so much easier than doing it alone. Not only, you know, that we can see there's others, you know, going through the same things, as we go, but also like the energetic holding, which comes, you know, from a, a collective of people uh, focusing on the same things, you know, with a similar or even identical intention. It's a very powerful field which we create here together also in this retreat. And that just, you know, suggest you know we look at the screen a little bit right now and, and take it in you know on the page where you are maybe you know click a little bit to another page and just zoom in with one or two people and just see you know there's all of those configurations of elements sitting and we all look different but you know, when you when we make the cut open, it's all kind of pretty much the same. You know, that sense of vulnerability, but also, you know, that shared journey which we all are together on and where we all have already understood enough, you know, that we know turning away from that vulnerability isn't the answer is exactly the opposite is the answer 
to take it, you know, take it in in doses which we can digest, which we can metabolize. And then, you know, the ex the support we get from Lisa also, which helps in other ways, you know, to to deal with the energies which get you know, sometimes get stuck because we, we contract. So you're taking it in, you're not alone. There's all of those other people who are all doing, you know, embarking on the same journey. And all feeling, you know, a little bit kind of uncomfortable at times. A little bit overwhelmed. And then, you know, we just kind of slow down a little bit. And we don't need to stop, you know, we just need to slow down and go slower and attend to those, uh, you know, places in ourselves which, which need some attention. Because they get, you know, some traumas, some old memories get stirred up in that way also. And that's part of the journey to have that uh, wisdom, you know, to be there for those parts and to be willing you know, to slow down and, and attend. So, yeah, this, this, uh, you know, meeting these uncomfortable difficult parts is totally necessary for the transformation to occur. And then, you know, through moving through those perceived limitations, because they, you know, in the moment when they get stirred up, they seem to be so real, you know, they're like a real wall. You feel like I'm in front of a wall of fear, for example. But if we can, you know, really open to that and just be with what is, then when it's the right time, it starts to open up again a little. And, and then more life is allowed, you know, to move in. There's a sense of growth happening and there's more resilience there to meet life, whatever life brings to us. It's also important to not to bite more often we can chew, but just you know a little bit at a time. And through this, you know, allowing more life to move in, there, you know, more and more cracks start to appear through which the light can come in. And, you know, showing us different truths about what it means, you know, to be a human being, what it means to be or to have a body, for example. And, uh, you know, for a very long time, I think, you know, many of us, you know, those who haven't been very, you know, kind of um, well-practiced, like, like say, mainstream people 
living on the planet, living on the planet like on a stage, you know, thinking we are just going around on the planet and we take this and we we take that and we don't want this and we don't want that. And that's the only relationship um, to the planet. But now, you know, it becomes more and more clear the planet is also has stepped on the stage as well and is now in direct communication with us. You know, in no uncertain means telling us a lot about what doesn't work any longer, you know, because we've become so many individuals that we cannot go on in that manner anymore. And, you know, the meditation on the elements shows us very clearly, you know, what kind of a relationship we do have with, uh, with the planet. That we are in constant exchange through eating, drinking, breathing, sweating, crying, all of those different ways, you know, how we exchange fluids, how we exchange other uh, elements. And that's a very uh, important insight, I think, right now, you know, in this time, this evolutionary point in time, that more and more of us, you know, put in the interest so that we can really metabolize that truth, you know. Because reality is already showing us in so many ways, you know, what needs to change, what needs to be done. But somehow we haven't yet really caught up with that. We haven't really trained ourselves so that we can really use that information effectively. We are still, uh, you know, at the beginning of metabolizing that information so that we can integrate it and then live from that place and you know wherever we are that's where we start no that is not a problem you know the only problem i think is that we need to understand that this is a really urgent task for all of us it's an evolutionary duty for us right now to you know, to really use this uh, opportunity. We have these teachings, they are so old, you know, they come from Indian Iron Age to us. They are over 2,500, 600 years old. And now, you know, besides having a function of showing us, you know, that we are not separate in terms of, you know, that we are no independent entities, it also has a, has a, a second kind of information to give to us because we need to you know adjust our all of our systems you know how we eat how we transport ourselves how we build houses how we heat everything needs to be adjusted you know to this truth that we never you know cut the umbilical cord towards this planet and that we are part of it. So, you know, the, yeah, the, the planet is already showing us, but we need to attend in much deeper ways than before. And for that, you know, we need to cultivate, we need to 
manage our minds better. We need to organize our attention and put it in the direction where it needs to go. And I think that's a very, you know, profound truth. We all, you know, have heard that in the night of his, or in the eve of his enlightenment, that Buddha has been touching the earth. There's even, you know, a certain mudra. I think even this Buddha behind me has that mudra where with his right hand he is touching the earth. And with his left hand he has it in his lap. So touching the earth and, you know, calling the earth to be his witness that he has earned his um, seat, you know, under the tree of enlightenment when he was like uh, the many different um, Maras were attacking him. And he was asking, you know, the earth to be his witness, asking her to... Um, you know, speak up for him. And then all of those uh, weapons, you know, which were hurtled against him by the different Maras, they turned into flowers and they were raining down on him, like that. And in a way, I think, you know, all of those difficult and uncertain things which, which are, you know, besieging us now with these multiple crisis which are happening, you know, which has all kind of started to gain momentum since COVID has come, I think. You know, if we would use the tools we have got and, and the strength of, of the collective, we could also turn them into flowers, you know, I think. That doesn't mean that it's going to be easy and, and, and everything is going to be wonderful, but there is, will be a sense of purpose and meaning, you know, in all of those difficulties, in all of those challenges. And that's actually, you know, that's what's really needed, you know, to be able to make sense. If things are so confusing and, and uh, so uncertain, and we don't really know what's going to happen next and don't really exactly know how to do it, if there's a sense of meaning and purpose in it, then I think we can open to it. And for me, you know, that meditation on the elements really brings, uh, brings that to me, a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, a sense of enrichment, a sense of wonder, really. Because, you know, that, that fact of uh, our complete interconnectedness with, with the planet is, is gets totally lost in translation, we can say, you know, because of the way we are thinking, the way we are speaking, because we, we are op the brains, the, the minds operate uh, in dualistic thought. And we are using a lot of nouns, so a lot of, of the reality gets lost in that way. So we need to step out of that, of the thinking mind, and have a different way of, of taking in what is really 
taking place. And you know, such holding spaces as this retreat, they can be tremendously supportive if you're doing that all together, you know, at a time where we understand that this is a crucial practice for the continuation of life on this earth, really. It's nothing less than that is at stake. And we are the ones, you know, we have been waiting for, really. We can't, you know, wait for anybody else, for some big daddy or anybody up in the sky doing it for us. It's not going to help, you know. We need to all do it ourselves. So, I think that's, uh, you know, what I wanted to say as an introduction. And then, instead of kind of explaining more theoretically how it works, I rather going to guide us in another uh, meditation so we have a direct experience of that. You know that the, the body is like a, a riding animal, a mounting animal borrowed from nature. And as long as we are having it, we look after it and when it's time to give it back, we need to give it back. A riding animal for consciousness, so consciousness can, you know, act and have experiences and and cultivate. And this is a mystery. And it can, you know, we can speak about it only that much, and then we just need to jump and and allow the experience to inform us you know, to come into our form and we start to live from that place. So, and then before I'm starting <coughs> with the meditation, just a quote, you know, from the Buddha. And he says, I do not teach that things exist or do not exist. I teach dependent origination. I do not teach that things exist or do not exist. I teach dependent origination. So these bodies, you know, we can't say they don't exist because I can see and I can see your bodies, but the way they exist, they exist in a different way than what we think. They do exist, but not in the way we think they exist. Because usually we think, you know, based on our sensual experience. And that is distorted. And through those practices, you know, we can uh, catch up with reality. So, you know, please find a posture you can can sustain for like about 20 minutes or so, or a bit longer. Let's see how it goes.
uh, you know, just taking a deep breath and feeling the weight of the body on the cushion on the chair. And then, you know, <coughs> tapping your teeth together and feeling the hardness. This is like a direct experience of the quality of earth element. Hardness as opposed to softness. Structure. And then again, you know, what we did with the um, anatomical parts. Do the same now with the elements again as a body sweep body scan I will guide us in that and we're starting on the top of the head you know becoming aware of the hardness which we can become aware of in the bones the skull bones <coughs> so hardness earth element and there's nothing in particular you need to do, just allow the mind to respond. The mind knows what to do if it's not distracted. Hardness, earth element, and sweeping down to the neck. Hardness, earth element. Shoulders, hardness. Earth element, the arms and the hands, hardness, earth element, the torso with the spine and the ribcage, hardness, earth element. Pelvis, hardness, earth element. Legs, hardness, earth element, and the feet, hardness, earth element. This whole body is permeated by earth element. Earth element internally and earth element externally in the mountains and the rocks is exactly the same earth element. Earth element is empty, empty of a self. And if we don't, you know, ingest earth element as food for one or two months, the body is going to fall apart, it's going to collapse. And in order for the earth element to hold together, it needs also water element. Otherwise you just sink into the ground, into quicksand. So that leads us to the next element, the water element, which we can particularly, you know, become aware of in the flesh, as the, the blood, 
and other liquids which curse through the body. So we're going to sweep up from the feet up the softness, the cohesion, fluidity, wetness of the water element. Feet, water element. Legs, water element. Pelvis, water element. Torso, with the organs inside, water element. Hands, water element. Arms, water element. Shoulders, water element. Neck, water element. And head, water element. The wetness in the mouth and in the eyes. This whole body is permeated by water element. 75% of the body is water element. Water element internally and water element externally as the rivers and the lakes and oceans and rain, clouds, is exactly the same water element. Water element is empty, empty of a self. And if we don't, you know, take water element in as beverages or water for a week or so, the body will shut down. And, you know, for the water element in this body to, you know, be able to accommodate life, it needs to be of a certain temperature. If it's too hot, it evaporates. If it's too cold, it freezes. It's, uh, you know, for us to be able to live unlimited time needs to be a temperature between uh, 39 and 96 degrees Fahrenheit. Everything else is not sustainable for this kind of a body and we have, you know, we have clothing and heating and cooling. There's lots of uh, systems we have developed, you know, to stretch that range. And, you know, the heat element, we can particular temperature, hot as opposed to cold. We can, you know, become aware of it where the air strikes the skin. Or maybe also under your armpits or in your armpits maybe. Or in the palms of your hand. 
and we can again you know, do a sweep starting on the top of the head being aware of fire element the sweeping down the face and the neck fire element then the shoulders and the arms and the hands, fire element torso, fire element <coughs> pelvis, fire element the legs, fire element and the feet, fire element this whole body is permeated by fire element fire element internally and fire element externally which is coming from the sun or coming from fossil fuels you know, which is old plant all organic material which has been converted into fossil fuels it all comes from the sun in the end it's all the same fire element fire element is empty empty of a self and then we come to the wind element which is uh, motion, expansion, pressure, movement and then we can you know most easily become aware of it with the breathing process with the in-breath we can feel you know, how the air comes in and expands the chest area and then with the out-breath relaxing and letting go
So that's the, the four primary elements and then can also be become aware of the space element, you know, the cavity of the mouth and the nose, nostrils, through the breathing we can become aware of that. And then, you know, the, all the space around us, limitless space, which doesn't end at the walls of this room. It's all the same space element. Space element is empty. Empty of a self. Just as wind element is empty. Empty of a self. And if we don't, you know, breathe in for a few minutes, the body will give up, the body will collapse. three, four, five minutes. So in this you know, meditation we can see the interconnectedness of this body with a you know, much incredibly unfathomable vast process. In a process of which we are all, you know, connected. And we don't really, you know, cannot really say where we start and where we end.
and then you know we come in slowly to the end of the meditation we can maybe you know in this vast open space to maybe like open your eyes and take in the room where you're sitting and just trying you know to keep the mind open and not focusing on anything particularly the mind has a tendency always wants to you know land on some object and just trying to just keep the mind open and not landing on anything and maybe you know feeling that habitual urge to want to land It's just another you know, dualistic mind finds it much easier to zoom into something, to kind of contract around something, to chew on something. That's habitually comfortable. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.